Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Ve usalli ve usallam ala seyir evvelin ve ahirin. Nebiyyena Muhammeden ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve barik ve sallam. All praise are due to Allah, Lord of the worlds. And peace and blessings be upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad, the master of the first and the last, and his family, his companions, and all those who call to his way and establish his sunnah to the day of judgment. To my beloved brothers and sisters, to our friends, to our viewers, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, uh, we have reached uh, the 22nd section of the Quran. And this is a mighty part of the revelation. It contains um, a big section of Surah Al-Ahzab and Surah Sabah, which is Mekkiya, Surah Fatiha, which is Mekkiya, and just the beginning of Surah Yasin. So we want to look at uh, Surah Al-Ahzab uh, as the main body of this discussion because there are so many gems of wisdom uh, in the Book of Allah. And Surah Al-Ahzab is the chapter of the enemy alliance. Now, some would call it um, the Confederates, but you know it is surrounding the events that took place in Medina uh, five years after the Hijrah. Very traumatic situation uh, for the Muslims. And the verses in it, uh, verses 9 to 27, approximately is covering uh, this traumatic event. Uh, of the Ahzab. And the, the scenario is that Islam had survived. There was an attack in the Battle of Beda, an attack in Uhud. But even though there were some losses for the Muslims, Medina was still intact. And so an enemy alliance formed. It was led by the pagans of Quraysh, and they teamed together with the desert Bedouins uh, surrounding uh, Mecca and the environments who had hostility toward Islam. This was also coupled by some of the Yahud of Medina and also the hypocrites. And so this alliance of evil uh, made a challenge, a struggle, a devious uh, confederate force, which was not only external, but it was internal. And so... Um, the chapter focuses on this, but in looking general at Surah Al-Ahzab, we find there are important social guidelines for adoption, for divorce, for modesty, also the etiquettes of dealing with Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu uh, and his family. The essence of the chapter, of course, is going into uh, the uh, Ahzab itself, and, and that is the name uh, of the mighty Surah. This is five years after the Hijrah. The Alliance put together a final solution. They decided to bring 10,000 warriors to Medina, which would have been more than every man, woman, and child in the city. Their intention was to totally wipe out the Muslims, to enslave them, to kill them, and to put out the light of Allah. This was a looming force, Ghazwat al-Khandaq. So it takes the name as the Battle of the Trench. And that is because the Prophet ﷺ took consultation with his companions. And one of his illustrious companions, Salman al-Farisi, 
He said that we in Persia, when we are surrounded by a larger enemy, we build a trench, a khandak. And that trench makes the huge army very small because they can't just come right in, they have to pass over the trench. Medina was at that time on the east and the western side, surrounded by volcanic lava. And this lava had turned into very sharp rocks, so camels and horses could not penetrate the east and the west. The southern side of the city uh, was uh, based upon an alliance between the uh, Jewish tribes and the Muslims, and so that was safe. What was open was the northern side of the city, and so they had to build a trench that was deep enough that a horse could not jump it. And this was in the cold weather, and surprisingly enough, in the month of Ramadan. So this is not a scenario for lazy people, for people who do not have strong faith and strong bodies. Believers gathered together, and they began to dig. And they dug the trench with very simple tools, pickaxes, knives, their hands, whatever they could get. And in some cases, they were running into solid ground and rocks. And on one occasion, they found the rocks and they needed to have some strong individuals to be lifting these huge boulders. And so the different groups looked for support. And they saw Salman al-Farisi walking toward the trench. The Muhajireen, the immigrants, said, Salman minna. Salman is one of us because he migrated. He migrated from Persia all the way to Arabia. The Ansar, the, the people who were supporting the Muhajireen, the people of Medina, they said, La, Salman minna. Salman is one of us because he was part of Medina when the Prophet ﷺ came into this region. And then, amazingly enough, the Prophet ﷺ came along and he said, La Salman minna ahlul bayt. He said, Salman is not from you, he is from us. He is from my household, ahlul bayt. And this concept is a big concept in the Muslim world. It is a religious political construct for major movements that have gone on throughout Islamic history, but to break down the tribalism, to break down the superiority of the Arabs over the non-Arabs, the Prophet ﷺ accepts this man, who was originally a fire worshipper, who embraced Islam, he's like a new Muslim, who did not speak Arabic as a mother tongue, but yet he ex accepted him not only as a believer, but as part of his family. This is a major uh, contribution to the breakdown between tribalism and racism. The Prophet ﷺ came forward and worked by example. And he struck one of the stones and a spark came out and he said, I saw the Persian Empire coming into the hands of the Muslims. He hit it again and he said, I saw the Romans being defeated and coming into the hands of the Muslims. I saw Yemen. And the people were so shocked. How can you think about something like this when 10,000 Bedouins, killers, are about to attack us? But this is the greater picture of the prophethood. And 
so many events like this took place in this traumatic occasion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manifested that when the tribes led by Abu Sufyan finally came to Medina and they saw the trench, Abu Sufyan said, this is not the way of the Arabs. And so he recognized that this is a united force, not only of Arabs, but Ajami, non-Arabs as well, not only black, but white, but all colors. And that is the beauty of Islam. The siege lasted, um, some say two weeks, some say actually 27 days. The weather was cold. They tried to come over the trench. Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anh, and the companions would deal with the ones who were trying to go down in the trench and come up. Eventually, Allah Azza wa Jal manifested His power. The wind got very strong and started ripping through the tents of, of, of the Quraysh. The temperature got cold. The rain started to come. And even the Muslims were, were afraid because this huge army was just across the trench. And they said it felt as though their hearts was coming up into their chests. The fear was there. But they were reminded that Allah is with you. The help of Allah is near. And by the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal, the unbelievers finally decided to break camp and to leave. In this mighty uh, chapter, Surah Al-Ahzab, the Prophet Sallallahu is, is given his proper status. And that is the highest level any human being has ever gone to. He is described as Uswatun Hasana, the best example, as Shahidan wa Mubashiran. He's a witness. He brings glad tidings. He is Nadira. He also is a warner. He is Da'iyan ilallahi bi'idnihi wa sirajan munira. He is a caller to Allah by Allah's permission. And he is a light, a reflecting light. Beautiful descriptions. But the greatest one comes in, in verse number 56 where Allah says, tells us, Inna allaha wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Verily Allah and his angels send peace and salutations to Muhammad. O you who believe, send peace and salutations to him. This is the high stance and his status is confirmed and put to the highest level. The other two chapters now and the ones coming after it, Mufassirin say that the next six chapters from 34 to 39 it, it starts to deal with the spiritual world, the unseen, and bringing information not known by people's eyes. That is part of the miracle of the Qur'an, and it was so important in the Meccan period in order to consolidate Islam in this land of disbelief. So Surah Al-Sabah, it is, emphasizes Allah's mercy and His power and His truth, and the snares of the shaitan, the pitfalls of evil, but that ultimately evil would be, 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 be taken over by wisdom and power. And the stories of Prophet Dawood, Prophet Sulaiman, and, and the queen of Saba, Bilqis, may Allah be pleased with her. These are the beautiful stories to show what happened in this past event. Also, Surah Fatiha emphasizes the mystery of creation 
and the maintenance of the heavens and the earth by al-malaika, the angels. And so this is light. This is knowledge of the unseen. And the end of this section just begins Surah Yasin, and we will look at that, inshallah, in our next discussion. I pray that Allah would accept us. I pray that Allah would give us the blessing of our fasting, and especially in the last uh, 10 days and the odd nights, would accept our prayers, accept our striving and charity. I leave you with these thoughts. وَآخِرَ da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.